This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. Look, before we start this episode of the James McMahon Music Podcast, I need to tell you something. I need your help. I need you, when you finish with the episode, to go to the platform you've listened to this podcast on and give me a rating, a review, and to subscribe too. It helps me cheat the algorithm and get more ears on the podcast. And know this, I'm very grateful for it. Also, I have a substack where I write about music and film and telly and all sorts of stuff. I love it if you sign up for dispatches. There are different price options, five quid a month, 50 quid a year, and for that, you get access to loads of exclusive writing and podcasts. It's the most helpful thing you can do to support the stuff I make. And again, I'd be so grateful. That's spook.substack.com. That's spook with three O's. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank Jesus. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system. James McMahon, and this is a Spook Media Riddle Show. Michael Moose Thomas left Brit Metal Superstars Bullet from a Valentine in 2016. He did so frustrated at perceived lack of creativity within a band he'd been a member of since their formation back in 1998. It was a brave but terrifying decision, and yet you can't keep a good drummer down. And a year after Moose's new band Kill the Lights marked their arrival with debut album The Sinner, the group featuring Throw the Fights James Clark, still remains Jordan Whelan, Threat Signals Travis Montgomery, and behind the drum kit Moose himself, the band have a blistering, yeah you heard, new single Broken Bones, and a plan for building something new from the grassroots up. Good bloke is Moose, and it was an absolute pleasure to learn a bit more about what comes next from one of the nicest dudes in heavy rock. So where are you? Are you in, you, you look like you're in your rehearsal room or a drum show room? I am in, yeah, my drum room at home. This is where I come to hide away from the, the pain of life every day. <laughs> <laughs> do, I've always wanted to know this. Like, do you, do you play every day? Yeah, unless I'm busy with the kids, yeah. I mean, otherwise I'm just doing other jobs like washing dishes and stuff I don't want to do. So I'm like, well, I could be up there learning some new stuff, you know. Yeah, I just always think that, you know, I, I think as a musician you get to a point where you're like, well, I'm good now. This is what I do. I'm a professional musician. And I just wondered whether you felt like you needed to practice or whether or whether when you weren't recording or playing, you thought this is what I would like to do for fun. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I used to never practice. 
then obviously because you're on tour all the time, you can't really practice. Any time you get to practice is really either sound checks or the actual show. So and then you start getting sloppy. So I'm 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 up here every like two to three hours every day, making sure I'm still on top of. And if there's mistakes to to uh, rectify, then I rectify them. I I think the new tune, the Broken Bones, is is a, a belter, you know. And I was actually thinking when I was listening to it this morning, I was thinking, oh, what am I going to ask Moose about? And I was thinking that there was something about your playing that was don't want to be too kind of muso about it, but there was a crispness that I think is quite unlike. I mean, that's obviously not the technical term, but there was just something about your playing on that song that I just thought was, wow, this is like something else to what you've done before. Do, do you feel like that? Yeah, I mean, this album, obviously this the whole album, but the first song, Broken Bones, the whole sound, that's the whole sound of the album. Um, I was just fed up with drums sounding like machines and computers. And obviously massive early metal fan. They never used to have all those like samples and triggers over their drums. So I was like, can't we just rein it in a bit and make drums sound like drums and you know have a full a full album of natural sounds, you know? So that's what we worked hard on. So that's that's probably what you're on about. It it doesn't it sounds more human in a, in a way, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, mean, I one one of the things I've always liked about you, Moose, is that you sort of tell it how it is like i always thought that when you left bullet and you were saying that you felt like the songwriter had become stale or that it was it, it was sort of in that groove i mean I, i'll be honest from the outside looking in i'm not sure i necessarily agree that's how i saw it but you know you writing you, you playing the songs you know you recording the songs you had an insight that i didn't have but i i think a lot of musicians would just they would just take the money they would just take the they wouldn't leave an enormous metal band and and they also wouldn't really have opinions on the state of drums on modern rock records. Do, do you find yourself kind of, I don't know, almost like opinionated? Do, it, seems like, it seems like making original music still really matters to you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I that one really stubborn. Right, okay. <laughs> but I, I just, I feel people... If you're a drummer, you should be a drummer. You shouldn't hide behind computers and, you know what I mean? You should just do your best and not, if there's like a thousand kick drums going on and, and that drummer can't play that part, then there shouldn't be a thousand drum, a kick drums going on. Do you know what I mean? You should be play to your abilities and your strengths, you know, rather than trying to struggle. And But I know what you mean. And definitely people do get um, used to taking the money as a job and then, the reason why you started making music in the first place goes to the wayside in a, in a way, you know. Do you feel like that's Do you feel like that's ever come close to happening for you? Um, yeah, definitely on temper temper. I wasn't ready to write an album. I I don't know even know if the band was, but you just get used to releasing an album, touring for two years, releasing another album, touring for two years. So we were just kind of in that momentum, you know, and. I just felt we put out an album which we we kind of we didn't have to put out an album, but we just rushed into it and we didn't put our full um, selves into it. You know, I mean, it was such a I mean, it was it was a brave thing to do because you know, bullet. Uh, I mean, I, I'll be dead honest with you. I actually think there's been a bit of 
historical revisionism that's been done that doesn't really acknowledge just how important Bullet were as a British metal band of that size. But <laughs> at the same time, it was a band that I don't really feel like you could have just kept going with that group. I mean, was it was it frightening leaving that band? Good question. Yeah, because that's all I've ever did. That's because I started that band from school. So it was kind of like, uh, now I haven't got a job, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, that's, and the thing I loved more, most in the world, is now not there. So I was like, oh, fuck, well, what do I do? So I had some time off, raised my little girl a little bit, and then thought, let's do it again. <laughs> I, I presume you had offers from other more established groups, though. Sorry? Did you have any offers from more established groups rather than just starting a new thing? Um, I had this question a lot. Um, no, I didn't. But if I did get asked, well, I don't think I'd want to do that anyway. Because then you're playing other people's parts, for one, which is okay if that's what you want to do and that's what you want to play drums. And But for me, it's more building something from nothing again, you know, like I did previously with Bullets and now again with Killer Lights. So to join a band which is already established uh, wasn't really on the cards for me at all. One of the things I've always read about you is that you were really the sort of punk rock influence in bullet do you think that's fair to say 100 percent. what was the what was the what were the bands and the records that i mean we would you say you were more of a, a punk fan than a metal fan when i'm in the car my wife says you, you you're more of a punk fan than a metal fan and i'm like well uh, i probably listen to punk rock more than i don't know now do i depends it's like a day like today when it's beautiful outside then I've, I just, it's like rancid all day long, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really love like Pantera and, you know, old school metal, like early Metallica and Maiden as well. So I I love the Ramones. See, it's a bit of a... Uh, yeah, know. it's funny. I always feel like Motorhead are kind of the sweet spot. Because oh, yeah, they are the perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I struggle. I don't struggle with, with it, but I, I prefer... I prefer metal that has kind of come through punk i mean even maiden you know like early maiden like yeah they're sort of a punk band and stuff it's funny because you know i feel like there is i feel like that you have brought that to kill the lights certainly on broken bones i was thinking this is almost a punk song you know when you talk about that creative stagnation of bullet what's different about the way that kill the lights make music that satisfies the dissatisfaction that you found at one point um, I just think it's it's more of an excitement thing again, you know what I mean? So when the five of us get in a room, because we live so far apart, it's kind of like, yes, you know, this, this, what energy can I take off Jordan and what energy can Jordan take off me and stuff? And just being in a room together, that's what excites me. And then Travis is playing just cut guitar in the background and someone will grab my ear and I'm like, oh, what's that? We should work on that. And that's the way it goes, really. And I, that was like the early bullet days as well. It was just all excitement and, you know, all positive energy. That's all, all it was. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing this a long time now, and I do think that I do think that music's in quite a strange place. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like the 
the value, you know, the the economic value of music is has been completely disrespected, and you know, there's far less music magazines than there was at one point, and it's so much more difficult to get music on the radio and all that sort of stuff. Like, how do you feel about music right now? Is it? Do you recognise it? Oh yeah, I still <clears throat> still uh, troll through music, um, like like Twitter, see what everyone's listening to and stuff, and. That's why I picked up on Turnstile, which I absolutely adore. Yeah. New band. Um, yeah, but I, I just think it's become disposable, you know what I mean? Like our generation and everyone before us would have, would have to work hard and go out and find and pay out with their own money something that, you know, they really were looking forward to. But now you can just type it in your computer and get it for free, really. So, and then if the first... 10 to 30 seconds don't catch you, then they, oh, I don't like that. You know what I mean? But if you've got a physical copy, which you paid for, you kind of force yourself to, because you paid for it. You, you listen to it, listen to it, and you get into the album, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. I mean, there's so many records that I, you know, I didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, you know, pocket money. And there's so many records I bought that I thought were stinkers, but mm. actually I just, I needed to work at listening to it because music should, music shouldn't, always be instant and i think that that's changed the the way that people view music in kind of really ways that's hard to quantify i mean do, i mean it might be a bit above your pay grade as someone that just plays drums in a very good thrash metal band but do you ever kind of think about how music can get more meaning again um i know what you mean um i definitely think there's gonna be a band out there which is going to just burst open the doors. Like, because um, I always keep saying, we need another Nirvana and we need another like Sex Pistols just to shake everyone up. Because I, I do feel there's a lot of, there's 10,000 Bring Me the Horizons at the moment. You know what I mean? And yeah, why, totally, why, yeah. why would you want to sound like Bring Me the Horizon? Because there's already a Bring Me the Horizon doing great what they're doing. You know what I mean? So yeah. there's got to be more of an identity. And I think once a, a band realizes, it's got an identity and something to say for themselves and the doors are wide open for that band, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I just wonder whether the kind of infrastructure is there. Do you know? I sort, I sort of feel like that band probably exists, but it's like, how do they, how do they get to prominence in a sea of so much noise? Yeah, that's the problem. There's not, not a lot of people want to take risks either on like new, uh, new music right now. So it's, it's, it might be easier to get your music out there, but to to actually like tour and stuff, it's a lot harder now. You were saying about uh, the distance between the members of Kill the Lights. How do you how do you write music together? Do do you wait until you are all together, or is it a case of sending files back and forth? Yeah, I mean, when we're not together, it's a file sharing situation. But all the best stuff is it's like I'll just fly over to Jordan or. Um, when the COVID rules dropped, um, like Canada was the only place where I could go to and the Americans could go to. So we all just went to Canada for like um, nine days and wrote half the album there. And that's when all it just flew out. As soon as we're all together, it just flies. It doesn't stop. Amazing. Yeah. It's strange. And it, it gets so frustrating with file sharing because I'm like, I got I want Travis to change this part and I just want to tell him, but I can't have to email him, you know? Did, did I say... Um... Did I see that you changed management recently? You're working with Dez. 
Yes, we're with the Oracle management now, yes. That's wild. He's building a bit of an empire there. How how did that come about? Um, it was basically through our old manager. He, he just got mega busy, really. He, like, manages sleep token, which I'm yeah. right now. And he was like, which, he's been my friend for the last 25 years, almost 30 years. And he just said, look, I'm too busy. I said, okay, no problem. Do you recommend anyone? He said, oh, yeah, I recommend. Dez is really good. So um, the label, he made Dez, and Dez was like, yeah, let's talk. And it just went from there, really. It's just it's just wild to me, really. Just It's almost like a sort of second career for him now, really. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it's amazing kind of watching what he seems to be building. He's, like, super excited. He's just like, and then I filter through me and the guys were like, yes, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, totally, totally. I mean, I think that's half the challenge, isn't it, to sort of su- sustain that enthusiasm. What? So when's the record out? Um, well, it's going to be singles first, but we're not rushing the record. We're going to just build up and build up. This new way of releasing music is uh, single orientated, I guess. So we're just going to yeah. do that for a bit, and then it's going to be next year. So in your head, in your head, roughly, you know where you're working towards. Oh yeah, yeah. When's the when's when's live dates? We're working on that now. That's what we're doing. We're gonna with broken bones. There's gonna be a follow up in a few weeks after that, and another one after that. So behind the scenes, with us and Dez are slowly creating a plot. Yeah, I'm excited to get back out there. Tell me a bit, a bit before I wrap up. I mean, I was so amazed when I was growing up just how fertile wales was like it just felt like there was this flood of a flood of music that came roaring out of the place is it do you feel like do you feel like that's still the case or do you feel like that was a moment in time i don't i think yeah definitely when we were growing up there was just bands everywhere you know it was like us funeral prophets um all just mingling together and there's just like bands jam nights every like week and then shows every weekend but but now i just i don't know i just don't see it as much anymore maybe i don't i maybe i'm just getting old night i i just don't go out much but it was was just funny i did an episode with um you know those those damn crows and they were they were talking about that kind of era of music and just how like in almost like how inspirational it was to them and i was kind of just wondering if there was anything following almost like in the in the sort of the wings of that band, who have, have obviously done very well in the time they've been around, uh, or or really whether you felt like it just was there and then it wasn't there. Yes, it's, it's strange because uh, the Crows, I was in school with all of the Crows. Were you? Me and Ronnie and Shane were all in class together. Oh, amazing. And obviously my brother plays guitar in the Crows. Yeah. So it was, it's just like, and they've been chipping away for years and years. So, it's, so now to see them, hey, it's just like, yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so, yeah, but really, I don't know. Old Holden Absence are doing really well. They're yeah, well. they're a good band. But um, that's, that's really it, I think, at the moment. Well, you know, here's hoping that there'll be a uh, there'll be a Valley's revival. I'm sure there will be somewhere. Yeah, no, totally. It's just a it's just a place that I just think the music still matters, you know. So yeah, fingers crossed. Well, definitely. Listen, Moose, it's been so nice speaking to you, man. You've made so much music I've enjoyed over the years, and uh, I'm really excited to hear the record. Thank you very much. Well, that was episode 165. Thanks to Moose for the chat. Thanks to Ronnie Huxford for hooking us up. 
The theme tune is by the band Jobbers. And I'll see you soon. Yeah. Keep walking. Yeah. We come here to have a swimming.